0: What's up? What's up, everybody? Happy whatever day you're listening. I was going to say happy Sunday, which is what day it is for us, but happy day to everyone out there. We are back with an all new Pondering with the Ponds podcast. This is a very special, exciting episode.
1: It is. Yes. We are going to be sharing Matilda's birth story.
0: That's right. And we're excited to, to get into it. I myself am a little winded. We had some big plans, not big plans, but we had thought about going hiking today, but Kat was so tired. We were both tired.
1: Yeah, I feel like- We
0: slept till like, I was in bed till like 10. Yeah. Which was awesome.
1: And that's very unusual for you. Usually Nick's up and at him at like 7.30, can't sit still, is trying to get me to do stuff (laughs) with him, and I'm like, get away from me. (laughs) But that was not the case today. We all hung out in bed, which is great. But I feel like the adrenaline of having a baby- (laughs) had started to wear off.
0: For sure. The magic
1: is still here and she's still so special but like my body is not catching up as well. (laughs) I need more sleep.
0: Well I was gonna say if I'm tired and sleeping in I can only imagine for you because you're the one getting up in the night because Kat gets up and feeds. I'll sometimes wake up if I hear it but we've kind of arranged that she just does all the night feedings especially in the week so I can be rested for work and stuff but On the weekends, I feel, like, more able to get up. And I just did a lot last night. Mm -hmm. And, again, it's just, like, the rollover from since she was born, which we're going to talk about, but we're so tired.
1: And I just like (laughs) to say that I chose for Nick to not be involved in the night feeding. I feel like people are going to be like...
0: Yeah, yeah." we had, like, a two-hour talk about it.
1: (laughs) But it's honestly not that helpful to have him be awake with me there's not a lot that he can do I mean he could change your diaper but even then I feel like it's no offense but you're a little slow at it and then you're a little <laughs> slow at swaddling her and stuff and I'd rather her just like get back to bed
0: offense for- taken just kidding <laughs> but
1: what you do that's really great is and we haven't even really talked about this but it's just like kind of happened is you take the last shift before we officially go to bed You always have her from like when I shower until we actually go to sleep while we watch shows or whatever. And sometimes I take that time to sleep and I did last night. So I got an hour and a half of sleep. That was the most restful sleep I probably had because I knew she was taken care of. Like I didn't, I was worried about her like crying (laughs) and waking up on time or whatever. So I just was out and not felt so good. So that's been really helpful is you taking that late night right before we go to bed.
0: And that's my favorite. T- well, it's funny because I'll give a context. We had a pretty busy day yesterday just with family oh, stuff. Yeah. And we were gone most of the day. And so we got home and we're trying to decide, should we watch a movie? Should we watch a show? What are we going to watch? And we decided on Bachelor in Paradise, which is back. We're very excited. But it airs on Thursdays, which is just weird. It's usually Mondays. It's so messed up. So it was, we started it. And we got about 30 minutes in and I just said to Kat, this just feels weird watching Bip on
1: (laughs) a Saturday Saturday
0: night. I just, I don't like it. So we started a movie. I told her, would you hate me if we started Haunted Mansion, the new Disney one that came out? And what did I say? And Kat said, you can put it on, but I'll probably fall asleep. So I put it on and within probably 10 minutes, you were out cold. But it was so fun and it was so cute. Obviously, I wish you would have watched the movie with me, but you were so cozy and peaceful. Passed out next to me on the couch and she was... Also on the couch with us. So it was so fun. That
1: <laughs> was like your dream night. A movie. It really the was. Movie. Oh my and gosh. Two girls nice and cozy.
0: Yeah. I turned the fire on for like effect, but then I got so hot because <laughs> I usually have blankets and then I have her on me, which generates heat. So anyway, it's a crazy time over here, but we're loving every minute of it. And I'm probably, t- I feel like I'm talking so fast. I went on a bike ride today and I'm so tired. So I got home and pounded coffee. So now I'm still so tired, but I think that coffee is making me really energized. I think
1: talking fast is good for podcasts. I think yeah. we actually could use quicker talking
0: Really, our regular apps. Well, then and I just need to start pounding coffee right before every episode. I think episode. we have,
1: but we just suck.
0: It's also pretty late in the day, so I didn't want to drink too much. So I drank a little bit and I put the rest in the fridge. I was going to have it here with me, but I do have a smoothie as well. So I'm ready to go. I'm fully hydrated and excited to share the birth story. Yes. And
1: I'm <laughs> also ready to go now that I slept last night and I slept in this morning. It was great. We And our house is
0: clean. Kat yeah. and I kind of tag teamed it today. I'm
1: feeling like whole new people. Yesterday was just rough. A whole new people. And I feel like... That's another thing people are like, you guys are doing too much. And <laughs> I feel like we've been doing the right amount until yesterday. And yesterday it was kind of the mandatory activities. Well, the hike wasn't, but it was my <laughs> sister's birthday. And so we went to breakfast and it was kind of far away and we went early in the morning, which threw us off. Matilda and I don't really get ready until it's 11, <laughs> so anything before 11 is just like, holy crap, I yeah. can't hang. And then we were like, since we're down here and far from home, we should take advantage of seeing the fall colors. And then we had an hour drive home, and I just was like, we can't do that right now.
0: Because breakfast was at Sundance, which is one of our favorite places, especially in the fall. But like Cass said, it's far and then her sisters and mom wanted her to go shopping. So we went oh, to we went shopping. Um, a shopping area near Sundance. And it took probably longer than we both expected. And then I had found this hike on TikTok, best hike in Utah for fall colors. And so I put it in the GPS and I said, Let's go. It was not good. It was Ugh. it was up a long hill, half of it was a dirt road. So I was going five miles per hour yeah. the whole time. And then the hike was pretty lame. It like, was
1: all dead already.
0: It was dead. You could see cool colors, but there would have been way more
1: we places like closer. Before. Oh, yeah,
0: yeah. Just as pretty. Well, so we were, that like, took another two hours. The drive yeah. to the
1: canyon to breakfast was prettier than the hike, and it was way hard to get to. And I should say, it wasn't really a hike. It was like pretty flat, but it's at yeah. the very end. But... A hike's
0: just anything that's not paved, and it was just a flat dirt road.
1: <laughs> With no leaves.
0: And it was pretty busy, and it was pretty warm. Anyway, just a lot of regret and shame today. (laughs) We love fall and we love Halloween. So we sat down the other day and mapped out the month. And I think we have a good balance. like It's not too busy, but there's enough that will utilize (laughs) the fun activities we want to do.
1: We just can't really sit still if you guys haven't noticed.
0: I know. It's a problem, especially for me. I sit still in the morning
1: and then I'm like, why are we at the house? But to switch gears. So anyways.
0: (laughs) We are going to tell
1: Matilda's birth story and I feel like we needed to do it here on the podcast just so that we could talk more about it because I just feel like there were so many things that were crazy and cool and details that just couldn't be shared in a short video or on any other platform.
0: And it's cool because the more we've reflected and talked about it with people or each other, the more kind of details we've noticed. Like a really good movie that you rewatch. Oh my gosh, I missed that, you know. Yeah, so it's my favorite to... story to tell, so. <laughs> so, yeah, get us get us started.
1: Yeah, so I'll just, like, give some context for if there's anybody who doesn't really know. But at 20 weeks, I was dilated to 3 centimeters and had to get a cerclage place, which basically just means that they stitched my cervix shut. And I was on bed rest for a little bit, and then I was out able to have limited activity. And then at 34 weeks, I was just feeling a ton of pain So I went in to get checked and we found out that my stitch had basically fallen out in some places and had tension on it in other places and was just like failing. So we took it out and we prepared to go into labor like that day. I was a four centimeters dilated that day. We stayed in the hospital for three days. How many weeks? 34 weeks.
0: Oh, that's right. That's right.
1: We stayed in the hospital for three days to wait and see if I went into labor and I just didn't. So they just sent us home and they were like, Come back when you're in labor. You don't really have any more restrictions. Your baby is pretty much healthy at this point. We waited to be like active and just live our life until I would say like 35 and a half weeks, because that was when we were. It was less likely that she was going to go into the NICU. And then we just started going on walks and hikes, and again, nothing that crazy, but just living our normal life and. Not really trying to go into labor, but I was hoping to go into labor. We weren't, like, doing anything really to induce labor, but I was just hoping I'd go into labor naturally because my pregnancy was just so long and so hard. And the anxiety of her making it here after having a loss, a late-term loss, I just was like, she's healthy enough to be on the outside. Let's get her on the outside. I just was so over being anxious about what was going on in my belly and not being able to see her that... I just was ready. So the day that I went into labor, we went on one of our favorite walks with Ryder and I felt great that day. uh... I feel like this is an important part of the story is that night we had our family come over for dinner. It was just like really fun. I felt these feelings of this is going to be one of our last weekends doing this stuff without her. It was special to have my family over for dinner. To go on the walk with Ryder and do his favorite thing. We gave Ryder a bath. Mm. He was all prepped and ready to meet his sister.
0: Do you remember what we ate? Probably Mexican food.
1: I don't remember what we ate. Oh, it was Mexican food. (laughs) We had chili verde. (laughs) Oh, yeah. Yeah, yeah.
0: It was so good.
1: So I got all ready for bed. I got into bed that night. I was so uncomfortable. Every night I had been having Braxton Hicks. That were like pretty consistent and pretty uncomfortable they weren't horribly painful but i just dreaded the night because it was i wasn't sleeping great i wasn't comfortable and i got into bed nick was already out cold and i was just laying in bed feeling so uncomfortable that i literally said a prayer and was like i know i'm not going to go into labor anytime soon i've accepted the fact that i'm going to like probably go to full term and can I please just sleep tonight? Like, I'm just so uncomfortable. I just want this. Just
0: throw me a bone. Give me a break.
1: I just want to sleep. And I I had the most overwhelming feeling that I wasn't going to sleep, but that I wasn't going to be pregnant for much longer. And then I had. The way you
0: explained it to me, there was like a specific phrase that you heard. Do you remember what that was? It was something like... I wish I
1: wrote that down. Yeah,
0: I'm trying to remember because you told me. It was something like, don't worry about it. She's coming soon or something.
1: Yeah, that is what it was. Yeah. 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 So uh,
0: So basically, I'm not going to grant your request. You're, you're actually going to sleep way less.
1: Yes. You're actually not going to sleep tonight. <laughs> yeah. Uh, Over
0: the next several nights. So
1: anyways, I, right after that, I had one really intense contraction. And I was like, this is so painful. This is the start of these stupid Braxton Hicks I keep having.
0: Here we go again.
1: What I've done in the past is I've gotten into the shower and literally just laid in the shower. (laughs) And (laughs) that's how I get comfortable. And then my muscles relax enough for me to fall asleep. And so I was just like, I'm just going to get in the shower right now. I'm not even going to wait till it gets annoying enough. So I got in the shower. I had one more contraction like 10 minutes later while I was in the shower. That was super painful and took my breath away. So I got out of the shower and... I was just leaning over the counter of the bathroom in our guest bathroom cuz I was trying not to wake up Nick.
0: <laughs> and really too nice.
1: I was swaying back and forth and I started feeling like my water was trickling out of me, but I was like I also just took a shower so I didn't really know if that was what was happening. And then my contractions started coming 2 minutes apart. So I timed like 4 or 5 of them while I was in the shower or while I was in the bathroom while my water was just trickling. And then I went and woke Nick up and was like, I think my water broke. I think I'm in labor. We already had our hospital bags packed and stuff. So we just got ready really fast. But they were coming so fast and they were getting really painful. Like even before we got in the car. I don't think we had our
0: bags packed. Did we? Maybe you did.
1: (laughs) My bags were already in the car. Oh,
0: okay. I don't remember. Maybe mine were. Anyway.
1: But I feel like I've been talking a lot. So like up until that point, do you have anything to add?
0: No, yeah. I mean, I was going to kind of give a disclaimer that you're going to tell the story and I'm going to add my perspective as we go. But just the thing you told me, which you already said about the voice you heard, and then you woke me up and said, I think my water just broke. And I remember being like, okay, cool. And there's been a lot of times when you would kind of woke me up unsure of, I think maybe labor's coming. So I was cautious, but you've never said my water just broke. Yeah. So I remember thinking, okay, it's go time. I look at the clock. I'm like, oh, I had only slept like two I, hours. Oh, yeah. I was like, oh, crap.
1: <laughs> Cause, oh, so we should say that. It, my first contraction that I had in the shower came right at midnight.
0: So you didn't sleep at all then? No,
1: I never Right, slept, right, right. Yeah.
0: And I slept about two hours. And then we, yeah, we got in the car, drove up there.
1: We live like 45 minutes away from the hospital, and twenty minutes of that drive is off the freeway. Uh, so we cruised on the freeway because it was so late, uh, and then by the time we were exiting, I was like, "I'm gonna die." I was in so. Because you got to go so
0: far east, and the good the good thing was it was the middle of the night, so we hit most greens.
1: But were you stressed?
0: Yes, because I was trying to drive so fast, but not too fast because I obviously didn't want to crash, or I just like, was get, trying to be get safe. over, yeah. I wasn't, I was less worried about that. I mean, that would suck because, you know, you get stopped. I actually thought that, like, if we get pulled over, I'm just gonna be like, she's in labor.
1: Yeah. And then
0: they'll probably escort us. Yeah. So I was ready for that. But yeah, I just was trying to go so fast and not crash.
1: Sell <laughs> it. So, and then in the car, I was having contractions every minute and a half to two minutes. But my water, I wasn't leaking a ton or anything like that so then i was like i don't know if my water broke and then i was like maybe i'm just being a baby i don't know i just we've had so many false alarms that i was gaslighting myself into thinking that i wasn't in labor Mm. and then we got to the hospital you like ran through the hospital with me in on the um in the wheelchair or whatever we like went to the same place we've been a million times and we got into the triage so they have a labor and delivery emergency room slash triage. So that's where we went, and we haven't talked about this, and I'm gonna try not to cry, but we have been in that room or in in that like little area so many times. There's six triage rooms in there, and I think we've probably gone in at least 15 times this pregnancy, and we've always avoided the room that we were told that E. Didn't have a heartbeat.
0: Room number three. And that (laughs) was the room that we went in. Yeah. That night.
1: And I remember you were like, oh, are you okay to go in this room? Because there had been other times that we went into that, where they were going to try to put us in that room. And we were like, no way, we won't go in there. And I just felt like I wanted to have a redemptive experience with my whole birth. And so it was special to go into that room. And literally the second I stepped into that room, my water completely broke, like in the movies, like all over me. My hands yeah. were soaked. It was like a puddle on the ground. And the nurse was just like, this is it. You <laughs> you did it. And it was the same nurse who diagnosed us with my water breaking out 20 weeks. And so she was just like, I'm so excited for you guys that you're here at 36 oh, yeah. weeks. Your baby is healthy. This is so awesome. I was 36 weeks and three days. And she was like, okay, hey, let's lay down. Let's get you checked out. And see how dilated you are. And I was out of five. And I was in a lot of pain. So I was like, I want the epidural. I want to get in labor delivery. I'm definitely in labor. Let's
0: go. Let's get going. Yeah.
1: And she's like, okay, we're going to get you a room ready. We're going to work on that. And we were the only ones in there. So I was like,
0: in the triage I'm side. Like, yeah.
1: This is going to take two seconds. And it ended up that it was like 45 minutes that we were in there. Really? Yeah. Jeez. And then. We finally got over to labor and delivery. I was having two-minute contractions the whole time. And they tried, like, counterpressure on my legs and on my back and stuff. And it was just – it would make it 100 times worse. The only thing that was helpful is if Nick would squeeze my hand as hard as he possibly could. Oh, yeah. And so you were just doing that every you time. you told me to. Yeah. Yeah. And so every time I'd start having a contraction, I would have Nick squeeze my hand really, really hard. And then I was just breathing through it. And I – i wanted to feel my contractions and have that experience and then get an epidural that was my plan so i didn't really practice or study a whole ton of natural labor yeah. <laughs> so i just was doing what felt like breath textiles. i was just out of my body at that point <clears throat> like i was just trying to survive so we got into the we got into our room which ended up being like the teeniest tiniest little room
0: yeah it was like the overflow room i'm trying to remember when they told us it's super busy tonight.
1: I think that you told us that once we got in there. Yeah. yeah. I guess later, three days later, we found out that the week we had Matilda was one of is one of the busiest weeks in the hospital always because uh, they're Christmas babies. Like people conceived these babies around Christmas time. So they were saying like people are off work and they go on yeah. vacation. So there's a huge amount of babies who are born that week. <laughs> so we were in this teeny tiny room that they don't usually put people in unless You have to be in there. So it was rough. We get in, and I was in so much pain. I was like crying. It hurt so bad. I was like, I need an epidural right now. And they're like, all the anesthesiologists are in an emergency. So you're going to have to wait.
0: There's like, well, there's two, and they're both in an emergency delivery right now. We'll grab them as soon as they're available. And we're like, oh my gosh. I don't know. I don't know if we talk about this either, but I like, obviously I wanted us, but I did have a little empathy because of what we had been through. So I was like, I get being in an emergency and needing that. Oh yeah. But we need that really bad right now, you know?
1: Yeah. And I actually felt similarly, like I was like, I can do this, but I don't want to do it. And the other random little piece is we had hired my friend as a videographer.
0: Oh yeah.
1: She had texted me like a couple days before and she was like, how's it going? Like, I'm just trying to plan to see when you're going to go into labor. And I was like, honestly, I think this baby's going to stay in me until 40 weeks. (laughs) And I think that was maybe two days before. And so I had basically been like, you're off the hook for a couple more weeks. And then I texted her right when we left the house. Then I called her in the car. I texted her a couple different times and she wasn't waking up. And I was like, that's okay. We're going to have this baby. It's going to be fine. It doesn't need to be recorded. But I was a little bit bummed and was hoping that she could come. But I was progressing so fast. And so finally, uh, she was like, oh my gosh, I'm coming. I'm going to be there. But... Did she ever
0: tell you how she woke up?
1: No, I need to ask her. But that was one of the my motivations to be like, this is okay. We don't need to have her right away. I can get through this. I want to wait until she gets here so that this can be recorded. So then I was like making some crazy noises, right? Mm-hmm. And I was in... All of a sudden, things got way worse. I was in so much pain. And they came. So I was like, can somebody check me? I'm like dying. And they were like, we can check you if you want, but it's probably- I think she said,
0: we'll come back in two hours. She said
1: four hours.
0: Four hours? Yeah.
1: She's like, we'll come in at 4am and check you again. And I was like, I need to be checked right now. I think I just transitioned. Like it was so painful. And the nurses were kind of like, okay, whatever. Like you dumb mom. Anyways, She checked me and she's like, oh, you did transition. You're at an eight and like her head's fully engaged (laughs) and I still hadn't had the epidural.
0: Oh my (laughs) gosh.
1: So when I was at an eight, they finally came in, but my contractions were so close together and I was so far progressed that the anesthesiologist told me that my epidural might not take. But I was like, I just want to try it because I'd love to have some sort of relief because this is so crazy. So they gave me the epidural and... I had relief, I think, probably for 15 or 20 minutes. Yeah. And then I was not feeling this anymore. And so they tried to switch me in positions and stuff like that. And then I was like, I feel like I'm going to start to push this baby out. And they were like, well, after the epidural, things tend to slow down. Because it was only like 20 minutes later that I was saying that. Maybe it was like 45 minutes. Yeah. And then the nurse was like, I'll check you again if you want, but like, you don't have to have cervical checks. And I'm like, no, check me again. And she's like, oh, I think you're out of 10. I think you've made it. I'm going to have one other nurse come and check because I've been known to miss cervical lips. So we're going to have this girl check. And so we waited like another 20 minutes for that girl to come in. She checked and she was like, oh yeah, like you're ready to go. So we did three or four practice pushes. Our videographer still wasn't there yet. So it was like, can we wait until she gets here? She's almost here. And they're like, yeah, sure. We'll wait. But we're going to call the teams in and get things going. All the doctors started like trickling in and then Kenna made it like right before I was going to start pushing. Your friend. And.
0: It's a miracle she made it in hindsight just because she lives even farther than we do.
1: I was piece of with her not being there, guys, <laughs> I'm so glad
0: that she was Well, because what can you do? You know, you're like, I can only hold this kid in for so long.
1: Yeah, I'm like, it's like, yeah, it whatever.
0: And for anyone that doesn't know, just a quick side detail. For an epidural, there's a button you push every 15 minutes and it turns green. So I was literally just watching it because you had told me to push it every 15 minutes. And that's when it was working. And then it's, you know, we, and then it really wasn't. So anyway, it was just like yes. this crazy game of like, Keep the painkillers coming. Which was so
1: interesting in contrast to Edie's birth because I got that epidural right away before I even started contracting because I was induced. And going into Matilda's birth, I was like, I don't want to press the button because it was so intense. Last time I felt trapped in my body. It went up my spine, so it was hard for me to blink my eyes and stuff like that. So I just hated the way that epidural felt. And so in contrast I actually preferred what happened with Matilda because hmm. I feel like I was in control and I knew what was going on. It just oh, was uncomfortable. interesting. And even with you pressing the button every 15 minutes there was nothing was happening. Really.
0: Um, it was it was for a little bit like yeah. a few times but it didn't last very long.
1: Then our videographer is there, the doctors are there and they're like, "Okay, we're going to start pushing." And I felt like I could feel everything. And maybe my epidural was working a little bit, but I did not feel pushing Edie out, like at all.
0: She was also way smaller, but. That's
1: true, yeah. But I started pushing, I did two contractions full of pushing, which I was pushing like, I don't know, four or five times per contraction.
0: Three to five, yeah. Yeah,
1: and then they were like, okay, you can feel her head. So I did, which was just the weirdest experience (sighs) because I conceptually understand that's my baby, but she's not out yet it didn't register in my mind that she's like alive
0: there was still like a disconnect
1: it Uh. just was weird it just felt like an object and then the next contraction came and she came out and she was alive and she was ours and she was crying and yeah it was just the most bizarre experience and like special and cool but the only experience i've had with birth is Birthing a baby who is not alive. Right. And so to have that experience was just beyond relieving. But also I couldn't wrap my head around it. It was so crazy.
0: I remember feeling that as well. Obviously, being on the sidelines, not pushing her out of me. But we had talked about that too. Just wanting to have a baby, give birth, and hearing her cry and having her move. And you know all the things we didn't experience with Edie. And so I think for both of us, I would assume as soon as she came out, and you can see it in the video, as soon as she came out, we both flipped. Mm-hmm. To she's here, this is real, she's alive. <laughs> I feel like that's when we finally stopped worrying. And again, it's in the video. We did it. Like I kept saying that. We did it, we did it. And you said that, I'm sure too. Yeah. It was, yeah, It's it's spectacular. I mean, anyone that's been through birth in general, but especially a birth after a loss is just so euphoric
1: <laughs> euphoric is the best way to describe it because everything went downhill so quickly afterwards and yeah. I still felt okay and I think it's because I was on this like high that's For a good point did and-
0: you worry at all about bleeding because that's what happened with Edie like were you worried what if that happens again or you I don't think you I were we were just my mind. trying to get her out yeah because and- the way it was
1: explained to me with Edie so with Edie's birth we won't get into that a whole ton. But basically, after I had ED, I started bleeding out like crazy after I birthed my placenta. I ended up getting two blood transfusions, and my blood wasn't clotting properly. So I was just literally bleeding out. And the way it was explained to me was that they literally had to rip off my placenta because it wasn't ready to come off because I wasn't supposed to be birthing a mm. baby yet. Yeah. that. So I just kind of thought that it was like because I... Birth the preterm baby, and it wasn't going to happen again with the full term baby. So I didn't really think about it a ton. But then I was holding her, and it was just like so special and so amazing. And she just was so calm and so beautiful, mm-hmm. and it just was the coolest experience. But then we told this in the last episode, but they were like, she was born at 523, and I was just like, Edie's here. They're connected. These sisters are connected. And it was just like so special. And then it was like, I repeated what happened with Edie's birth.
0: It was a lot longer though. It
1: was. From my
0: perspective, the way I remember it, you held her for a while and they were dealing with it while you held her. And then they decided she's bleeding too much. We got to go to an OR. Yeah. So there's a lot of time in between that.
1: There was. I I think it probably held at least like 10, 15 minutes. (laughs) Yeah. But to go back to, I didn't have my epidural. So they were like digging elbow deep inside me, pulling out all this blood and they were sticking with all these shots and i was like wincing and crying and it was hurting but i was still so like obsessed with having it <laughs> on my chest thing. that i didn't really care but one of the doctors noticed that i was in so much pain and sh- so she yelled out just be a little careful her epidural isn't working
0: oh i don't remember that so
1: i was grateful that she did that and then i started to feel lightheaded mm. and which is exactly what happened with Edie. i was like i'm lightheaded and they're like okay dad it's time for you to hold the baby <laughs> And that was such a cool experience for me, even though I was like bleeding out and feeling like crap, that she got past to you again. Just like she did with Edie. like we did with Edie. And that's one of the only videos we have of you with her, with Edie. And to see you like smiling and rocking her and having her be so comfortable, but be alive. But so like distracting and special and but also the whole experience was so redemptive because I feel like it was repeating history almost in the most like in the most positive way it could have been again other than the fact that I was like bleeding out like crazy. <laughs> and then that kind of wore off and I started like puking my guts up and feeling really really horrible and you could tell the doctors were starting to get stressed.
0: And more and more people kept coming in like last time. And, again, they were debating for a while, from what I remember, what to do with you as far as keep you in there or go to an OR in case they needed to operate. And I kept hearing them say, we don't need to go to an OR. So I, I was calm. And you were very comprehensive. And we were able to communicate and everything. So it all seemed fine.
1: Well, and I will I will say, they were well. trying to put in <laughs> this device. It's called a Jada. I had it with Evie and that's eventually what helped me stop bleeding. It just basically goes up inside your uterus and sucks out the extra blood and contracts your uterus down so that it stops bleeding out, basically. And they put it in twice, but because I was so violently throwing up, it kept falling out.
0: The first time or this time?
1: This time. with Oh, jeez. I was bleeding way more with Matilda this time. And after it fell out the second time my bleeding still wasn't stopping, that's when they decided to put us, or to take me to the OR. Right. And how did you feel about that? Because you're like holding her? Yeah,
0: I was not happy. And again, your friend was there. She had filmed and was still kind of filming. But I was kind of, we were kind of looking at each other to gauge what was happening and kind of get her perspective, I guess. And it was very tense, and as soon as they decided to take the OR, I just remember thinking, not again, and feeling very stressed. And I just felt so bad for you, because they couldn't figure it out, and there was a lot of blood, like, I could see all the blood.
1: Well, the doctors, no exaggeration, were covered, like, neck to feet. And it was all over
0: the floor. Yeah, it was it like was... a horror scene, like saw or something. So anyway, and then the big bomb dropped. The lady, the doctor quickly mentioned as they're carting out cat. I forget the verbiage, but basically we might have to take out her uterus if we can't stop the bleeding.
1: And she turned to me and said, are you okay with us taking out your uterus today? And I was like, no,
0: yeah.
1: <laughs> I'm not okay with that. And then she was like, it's to save your life. Yeah. And so I'm leaving my husband and my baby that I just had yeah. and I'm being rolled out and they are like, we're about to put you under. And from what I understood, we're about to put you under and we're about to take out your uterus. Right. Nobody really like yeah. took the time to explain to me what was happening or what my options were or anything like that. And I was still violently throwing up. And I was so lightheaded that I I was still aware, but I couldn't keep my eyes open. Like it made me so sick. So I was just laying on this thing with my eyes closed, listening to all these things happen, throwing up. Man, they get me into the OR. They hook well, me up. Well, if I
0: can before, just to give my perspective on that, because some of that I didn't know. And in hindsight, I think they more or less did the right thing. I think what happened is they waited so long that they didn't think there was time to have any conversations to make decisions. Yeah. So they were just like, here's what's happening. We're going to do it if she's going to die <laughs> from bleeding out. Yeah. And my thought was just like, are you kidding? Again, another huge thing that could change... And again, it's, it's weird because we're so happy to have this beautiful, healthy baby that I was then holding. But now my thought is like, crap, is this the last one? We've been through so much. I had this condition that made us have to do IVF. We lost one already. We, we don't have that many shots left. Mm-hmm. And now we might have zero because yeah. she, they're gonna take out our uterus. And they're like, okay, just go to the nursery. We'll, let, we'll keep you posted. So I was, I was losing my mind.
1: And after I was like, no, I don't want you to take out my uterus i had the most overwhelming feeling like i am so complete with this baby and i would rather be alive
0: of course yeah and
1: have this baby than have a uterus and have more babies and i was just like i'm just so grateful that she's here and she's with nick and she's gonna be okay and that's um,
0: good,
1: yeah anyway so we get into the or and then they have this whole conversation about how that somebody who was supposed to give me zofran forgot to give it to me so then they gave it to me (laughs) so i stopped throwing up which was great And then they were like, we're going to keep you on the OR table because it looks like you might be stopping bleeding. And if that's the case, we won't have to put you under and we won't have to take out your your uterus. So you have to not bleed for an hour. Mm. So they kept me on the table. They eventually started giving me blood. I ended up getting four units of blood. I lost three liters of my own blood and then had to replace that. Or it was 2.9 liters. (laughs) And Basically three They kept asking me if I was doing okay, and I was feeling better because I was getting my blood replaced. But I was so damn thirsty, and I kept saying that, like, "I'm so thirsty. Can I just have water? Like, I know you might have to put me under, but you're looking like you're not gonna have to put me under. It's clear. Can I please just have like a sip of water? I was so mad. They had to put
0: you under. Yeah. Okay.
1: And I felt like that was a good sign. In my brain, I was evaluating the experience, and I was like, okay, the fact that I'm just upset about not being able to drink water means things are gonna be okay. And I just fully trust you. And I mean, you were at hospital, so I knew you had help and stuff, (laughs) but I just was like, they're okay. I'm taken care of. All I need is water, but that's all I need. I'm doing pretty good. And so after an hour, they were like, okay, we, you've stopped bleeding. So we're going to take you back into your labor and delivery room and we'll go get Nick and the baby and have him come back and see you. and." As they're wheeling me back in and before Nick got there, I was just talking to the doctor about what happened. And that's when she told me, well, I I, my question was, if I had a C-section, would this have not happened? And she was like, no, it would have been way worse. And so I'm like, okay. And so then she's like, honestly, it seems like this is something your body just does because it happened last time. It's worse this time. She was like, if I were you, I wouldn't have more than one more pregnancy because you'll probably have the same experience every time and it'll get worse every time.
0: Are you sure she said pregnancy and not baby?
1: She said pregnancy. That's interesting. So that was the start of Until This <laughs> Life.
0: But to backtrack a little, we we didn't really mention from the time you got the cerclage we had prepared to... Be in the NICU for a long time. Yeah. And to be in the hospital for a long time. So when she came out and they basically cleared her with flying colors, that was a huge win as well. And I guess I just bring that up because as bad as everything else was, it was nice to know she's healthy, she doesn't need the NICU. Like, that's a miracle.
1: When I think that's truly why... We couldn't believe it. Yeah, why I was, like, cool with basically, like, almost dying. Because (laughs) I just was like, she's here. And she's perfect and totally fine. And I had already bled out one time, so I knew that I could survive a second time, hopefully, and I did. Yeah, And so... Yeah, it was just the most like out-of-body, wild experience.
0: And real quick, while Kat was in the OR, I was in the nursery with her, and I was it was taking everything in me not to just break down because you're in this tiny little room with a handful of babies that are just being monitored. There was another dad next to me with a baby and a few nurses, and it was pretty casual. They're just gossiping and stuff. And I just was in the corner. And it's not comfortable. You're in literally like a rolling chair next to your your new baby. And I'm just like, what's going on with Kat? I was trying so hard not to just break down and be like, she's not going to have a uterus. Are you kidding me? And then eventually they called my cell phone and it was the doctor in the operating room and basically is like, she stopped bleeding. She still has her uterus. And I was like, okay. So then it was just waiting to be reunited because I was like, can I go back to the room now? And they were like, well, we're waiting for the nurse to clear it so you can go back over. And then, like you said, I think that was like an hour until that happened. And then we met back up and.
1: And then they literally were like, okay, start breastfeeding. I remember the nurse brought her in and was like, okay, take your shirt off. Let's stick this baby on you, which was great. And she latched perfectly and she ate exactly how she was supposed to. Which was cool, but I still was kind of out of it and not feeling great. Yeah. But after a couple hours, I think the adrenaline hit again and I just was so happy that she was here. It was yeah. like so magical. But then that first night, they were monitoring me extra because of what happened. And then Matilda had her own nurse. So literally somebody came in every 45 minutes. And then and then in between all those 45 minutes, she was needing to eat. So I just had a full- So every 20
0: minutes up. you had something yeah. happening.
1: I just didn't sleep. And I hadn't slept the night before, so I'm like, I've been up forty-eight hours, I lost half my blood. I had this brand new baby. So the next morning, Nick woke up. Because you were up with me like off and on throughout the night. But you slept a lot better than I did. Yeah, I
0: slept most of the night.
1: And you woke up and you're like, hey, what can I do? Or I forget what you said, but I just had a full arm. I'm like, I can't do this. I don't think I'm going to be a good mom. I'm just so tired, like beyond tired. And how am I supposed to survive doing this? And I just thought that that was like newborn life. You hear about never sleeping and...
0: Enjoy it while you can. Yeah.
1: And I was like, this is it. This delusional tiredness is what I'm in for for the next, like, six months of my life. And luckily, that has not been the case. I mean, she's had a couple rough nights, but she... It's like
0: three to four hours of sleep versus zero.
1: (laughs) No, I sleep, like, six and a half hours total throughout the night. And then I just wake up, like, every two and a half, three hours, which has been manageable for me. So, anyways, that was... Her birth story, so much has happened since then. Do you have any other details you'd like to add in?
0: No, I was just going to add, lastly, once we all got back together, I think we all finally had like a sigh of relief. And there was so much adrenaline and fatigue. And it was just nice to be like, okay, you're alive. You still have a uterus. She's alive. She's super healthy. Everything's good.
1: (laughs) She was just with us and...
0: It was such a long-awaited monumental moment. And now she's here breastfeeding as I as I speak yeah. in her little bat-pumpkin Halloween onesie.
1: She's three weeks <laughs> tomorrow. By the time this comes out, she'll be over yeah. three weeks. Wild. It's been like the quickest three weeks. She's getting so chunky and so big already. I cry constantly <laughs> just looking at her.
0: <laughs> she does. You guys, Kat is a freaking super mom. Uh, If you haven't figured out by now, I can't believe we did all that talking about it. But yeah, you cry all the time. And I will say too, it was within the first two weeks you were like, I caught you looking at pictures of yourself pregnant and you were like, I want to be pregnant again.
1: (laughs) I know. It feels like another life. Which is so funny. Yeah.
0: It's crazy how you're able to compartmentalize and separate that.
1: It's weird too. I like loved giving birth. I... Yeah. And both of my births have been extremely traumatic. So, gnarly. so I'm like, I just want to do it. I want to do it one more time, at yeah. least. So. so
0: there it is, guys.
1: Traumatic, but so special. And I do it a thousand <laughs> times over to get her. She is just truly the perfect baby.
0: And birth's such a crazy, there's such a wide variety. We've heard some crazy stories, almost crazier than ours, probably crazier than ours. We should do that. An episode where people share (laughs) their experience. I know. And I just,
1: I wanted to say from the time I had my first contraction at home in the shower to the time we had her was five hours. So my birth was super fast. So I'm stressed about our next birth, but
0: we'll see. We'll get there. I'll probably be there before we know it. Yeah. And then we'll have three. If we're lucky. If there's twins. Gosh, Crazy. Well, after we talked about needing to slow down, we have to go because we have to go to a family dinner. (laughs) We don't
1: have to. We're choosing to. That's true.
0: That's true. We're choosing to. So have a great week, everyone. Thanks for tuning in and we'll keep pondering.
1: See ya.